Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into Sunday's gospel reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Danny Sullivan. And I'm Father Rob Gallia. And this podcast is presented to you by FIG Ministry. Third Sunday of Advent, a beautiful time of joy. And for me, I think the joy and the highlight of my week is that I finally am back in my home territory. I'm back in Australia after I think it's been like 12, 13 weeks traveling to and from America and and Europe. Uh, Although I love my travel, but so good to be home. So good to have you home. <laughs> a bit. I'm a bit grumpy. I'm a bit groggy. So I'm not, not, not much company around, around the office right now. But also you are happy to be home in a different way. Yeah. I have a new house. It's very exciting. And I don't know. I love decorating. I love interior design. So I got to do that with a whole new building. So wow. it's good. And it's a bigger house? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is bigger a little bit. Um, but it's just nicer. I'm still renting, but it's like a close walk to one of my favorite cafes and Ooh. a few different supermarkets. So it's good. Really and you have, and you have a garden. I do. Um, I d- also have a tendency. I think last year and this year, um, combined, I've killed almost 20 cactuses. Oh, cactus. So, How do you kill a cactus? <laughs> yeah. I'm not a green thumb. Um, so I, I have a garden and I'm very concerned about that. I literally, how, how do you kill a cactus? Well, the problem was in 2018, I loved too much. I gave them too much water and too oh, much okay, attention. Too much water. And then in 2019, I was like, okay, I can't love them as much. And I think I starved them. Well, I thought it's impossible. Yeah. I thought it was impossible yeah. to give no, a cactus. I like so let's see. <laughs> take a photo of your garden right oh now. Oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing. By my front door, I just have a pot plant graveyard. Well, take a... <laughs> <laughs> I thought before at least it would be something decent and then we'll say it's either before mm. and after. <laughs> no, there's just an after. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, I've got other skills. Like um, I can put a couch in a pretty location. Yeah, very nice. Look, the photos you have on your personal Instagram are very nice. Thank it makes you. the house look really nice. Yeah, well, couches, they don't die. So they're, okay. I can deal with them. <laughs> oh, that's good. And that's a, a nice, cozy place. Okay, so let's go into the gospel. This uh, sun, third Sunday of Advent, we talk about joy. We've been um, lighting Advent candles, which have been the first two weeks uh, have been about. Yeah, so the first two weeks were about hope. And then the second one was prophecy. And then this week we have a pink candle and hey. it's all about joy. Gaudete or Gaudate Sunday? Gaudate. Gaudate Sunday. Are We're, you going to wear pink this Sunday? Well, we don't or have rose. We don't have rose <gasps> vestments in our in in our sacristy in our church. So some churches some. have, yeah, I should go and borrow some. <laughs> you don't happen to have any, do you? I don't have any, no. Okay. Sorry. So, But this is a, a beautiful time because it's a time of journey. So you start week one where we journey. There's a purple candle, which is penance, sort of preparation. Second week, penance, preparation. Third week is actually a time of joy. It's a break almost of a penance, but it's a time to remember, hey, th- we are soon approaching a, a time of extreme joy. But joy, let's explore a little bit about what joy actually means. In the third Sunday of Advent, we're talking about joy, but there's a very, so to to speak, unjoyful gospel. (laughs) Very much about suffering and pain and anxiety and and imprisonment. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, in this place of joy, um, we have suffering. Let's let's talk and explore this a little bit as we um, read through the gospel. 
So this week's gospel comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 to 11. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you who is to come, or shall we wait for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news preached to them. And blessed is he who takes no offence to me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to behold? A reed shaken by the wind? Why then did you go out? To see a man dressed in soft robes? Behold, those who wear soft robes are in king's houses. Why then did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Wow, you see, so this is, um, it, it, it does allude to joy, proclamation of the gospel, but and then you come to this place where, um, in context where we have this guy, John the baptizer, John the Baptist, in a, in a place of prison, in a place of, of um, isolation. Now, think about this guy. This guy was a, a guy who was always out in the wild with the breeze on his face, you know, out in the wilderness, open space. All of a sudden, he's in this confined space because of something he did and it's because of something he chose to do. He was someone who spoke, was outspoken, so to the point where he was imprisoned for it. And the, the story is that, as you know, of Herod, um, he goes to, the, there was King Herod who went to visit his, his brother, I think it was. And as he went to visit his brother, he started to flirt. He started to seduce his his sister-in-law he started to seduce um her and all of a sudden um she um, falls in love with him and he takes her home and then he divorces his wife and all of a sudden now they're in this place they're married and the wife has nowhere to go and it was quite tragic it's really messy it is exactly it's messy but all of a sudden this guy john the baptist was the only one who started to speak out against this corruption against this this evil and and so because he was an outspoken person they imprisoned him and they put him in prison and then even in prison he kept on pestering them saying hey you're doing wrong. Change, repent, turn away from sin and believe in the good news. But they wouldn't. And to the point where all of a sudden they wanted to have his head removed. The, the uh, sort of the new wife wanted to have his head removed to keep him silent. But the question I ask is why did he keep speaking? He could have just been quiet, you know, just shut up, John, uh, John and just, just be quiet. You sort of, you could save yourself. You could be free soon, but he continued to speak out for justice, for, for holiness. And the thing is, boy, how did he find that strength? I don't know if I would have that strength. You know, to, to continue to, to speak out truth, even knowing when my life is at risk. And I think that's something that 
is really hard in, you know, our lives in this modern day and age as well to speak the truth, um, whether that is in person with your friends, with your family. But then how much harder would that be when John the Baptist was there in prison and he knew that his life was at stake and he still chose to speak it? But then obviously he had heard about Jesus. He had heard about the things that Jesus had been doing um, via his disciples or however he heard that. So he was also probably sitting there going like, if this is the Messiah, the one who I've been proclaiming is going to come, who I'm speaking out about, why is he letting me stay here? Like yes. why hasn't he come to kind of tell me that he's here and get me out of this place? That's what I would be questioning in that situation. Yes. Yeah, so he's there in, in prison and he's risking his life and he's thinking, hey, and there's this Jesus outside yeah. just talking to the poor and the healing people and doing good things. But what about me? Mm. And this is the, I think sometimes when people speak out truth and there's a, a sort of, we're facing an injustice. And sometimes we think this is not fair. This is not fair um, that we have to go through um, suffering and go through pain. But I just want to say a word about um, speaking truth. You see, the, I think if you look up the Catholic world today, I think it can be one of the most cruel places you can imagine. Like even being a Catholic, I love being Catholic, but man, for example, on Twitter, there is so much cruelty and there's so much people speaking out, yes, truth, but without love mm -hmm. and people putting other people down and destroying other people. And they do that. And this is not what John the Baptist did. You see, he spoke out truth with love. He spoke out truth because he wanted to save the soul of this person. But sometimes people, I, I for example, um, uh, people who attack others because they are seeing liturgies celebrated in a way that they don't like or they don't understand or they see people reaching out to um, uh, refugees and things. And then they they bring out this hate and this anger towards them. This is not, this is not what um, the, John the Baptist did. John the Baptist spoke out with love. He spoke out with truth. And I think that brings about a sense of joy. See, because I think we misunderstand joy. There's a big difference between joy and happiness. You know, happiness is an emotion, but joy is an understanding, a knowledge that God is with me in spite of the difficulty, in spite of the anger, in spite of the, the, the desperation. And I think this is one, again, of the things that we can see that, that John the Baptist, even though he wasn't happy, even though he probably was angry, and he was wondering where God was through all of this, he deep down knew, knew that God was with him. And that's where he found the strength to continue to proclaim the truth, even to the point where he was ready to lay down his life for, for, for this truth. Yeah, so he, that joy came from, like, he knew that he knew that he knew that what he was doing was right. He was yes. proclaiming the truth. He was proclaiming that with love. But then even with that, he knew that joy wasn't a feeling. It was a state of being. Happiness can come and go, but joy and joy rooted in Christ is, you know, something that is hard to change. And as it said um, further in the gospel, like, did you behold a reed shaken by the wind? But, you know, John the Baptist, his faith wasn't, you know, being shaken by this, but he still had his doubts and he voiced those doubts, yes. which is something that we're allowed to do. Like if when we have doubts, we can go to people with those, we can speak them out into the light. And I think that helps us, you know, it kind of helps us mature in our journey as Christians to grapple with things and to struggle with things. And then, you know, that, that joy doesn't have to waver. The happiness might and those feelings might, but just the doubt doesn't mean that we're not joyful, that we're not proclaiming truth. 
Yes, and we all go through doubt. You know, see, I just did an interview, um, I think it's with the ABC um, television, and one of the questions they asked me when I was sitting down is that they said, look, you're a man of faith. You're a person who has faith, so I'm sure you don't have doubt, do you? And I started to think, I started to think, wow, that's so crazy that someone would think just because I have faith that I don't have doubt. Mm. I have a lot of doubt. You know, when people are going to their martyrdom, when people are laying down their lives and, and John the Baptist was there, he went through doubt. He went through a time where he thought, is this worth it? You know, and he sent a messenger to Jesus saying, are you the one? Is it worth me being in this prison cell right now? Or should I just lay it all down and just say, I'm sorry and just walk out? And we all go through doubt. And I think anyone who has the gift of faith is doubt is inevitable. We're going to go through times where we think, is this worth it? Is it worth being holy? Is it worth holding on to this? Is it worth believing in Jesus? Because sometimes it is easier not to believe in Jesus. It is easier. I start to think, man, how much easier it would be at times. Most of the time I don't. But at times I think how much easier it would be if, if I didn't believe. Because life would be simple. I could do what I want whenever I wanted. But the thing is, I, I, I cannot because I know that you, like you said, I know that I know that Jesus is there. I just, I, do you ever go through doubts? Do you ever have doubts yourself? Yeah, I go through doubts. I think it would be more scary if I didn't. If I didn't have doubts, I would start to doubt that in a way. Um, I, I guess something that I struggle with a lot is, as you were saying, like this, the Catholic world. Um, it can be when not spoken the truth with love. Uh, it can be a really scary place. And that's not, you know, a question like why why bother being Catholic? Like I, I look at other churches and I think, you know, they have a really great hospitality ministry and their young adult ministry is really good. Like why don't I just go over to that one? Mm. But then, yeah, it comes down to knowing that the truth of the Catholic church um, is the truth. And I can't walk away from that, even if I struggle with some Catholics. Yes. And I'm sure like in evangelical churches, which I work with yeah. a lot, they have their own doubts as exactly. well and their own struggles with their, within their You're community. You're going to find that wherever you go. What is it like, you know, the church isn't for perfect people. No one goes to a hospital when they're well. Yes. So it doesn't really matter what church you're in. You're always going to struggle with different things about it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, doubts, it's normal. And I think talking about that is important. Yeah. And I, 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 one of the things I've heard as well is that if you ever find the perfect church, stay away from it because you're going to make it imperfect the minute you walk in. Mm. We're all imperfect. And we all are, are go to, through struggles and we are all going to hurt other people. Um, but the thing is, again, coming back to John the, the baptizer who found his joy, who found his strength, even to endure through his doubt, through his suffering, through his pain. And this is what the third Sunday of Advent is. It's a, it's a time saying, keep holding on, hold on, but to hold on knowing that Jesus is going to be with you through the suffering, through the pain, through the difficulty, and he's going to give you joy. A joy is an understanding that I'm going to be with you. And Jesus sends a message back through, through his um, disciples and says, hey, don't tell him about what I'm saying, but tell him about what you see, the fruit of what you see. And again, he's coming back to that fruit, which one of which is joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this is the thing is, is you know you are 
a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, you know you are under the anointing of the Holy Spirit when you see the fruit. It's not about what you say, but it's about being able to have joy and peace and to be able to be kind and good and gentle and faithful and self-controlled even when everything is is against you. And I think this is one of the beautiful things that this Sunday we, we get to experience. We get to experience this, this joy and understanding that we're going to struggle, but we can still maintain God through the struggle. Um, like we're doing for every week of this Advent series, we're going to look now at a saint, an activity and a prayer just to help us, you know, hashtag how to Advent, I guess, um, help us journey as a community through this time of preparation uh, with joy, which is something that we're really focusing on this week as a church, um, the joy of what we are preparing for and what we are waiting for. And that is the birth of our Lord. Um, so an activity this week um, that we can all do in a different way around the world is bringing joy to others with some kind of act of service or charity. So this might be something like helping out at a soup van with, you know, in your local community, uh, having a coffee with your neighbour. I know that Christmas can be a really lonely time of year, especially for the elderly. So if you have an old neighbour or at a, you know, nursing home nearby, go and just spend time with people. So just being generous with your gifts, with your time and bringing this joy that we are experiencing in this time of Advent, particularly this week three, um, to other people. So I don't know, Father Rob, what's something that you might be able to do in active service this week? Well, I suppose my act of service I'm thinking at this moment is to maintain joy through my tiredness. You know, I, this week um, we are at um, a big youth festival. I'm speaking to 7,000, five to 7,000 teenagers in Perth. And um, I, I'm, I'm so glad and grateful that I get to do that, to serve these young people, to be present to these young people. And so I think this is what I'm going to do to make a decision to be joyful to those around me, to serve those, even though I am tired, even though I am weak, even though I'm weary and maintain joy, find joy, knowing that Jesus is with me through this. Nice. Which leads us to someone else who is with you through this. Our saint of the week is Mary. Um, mother of Jesus. Hopefully we can all as a community pray for her intercession this week as well to help maintain that joy. I just think that, you know, she would have been heavily pregnant um, and traveling and just trying to, you know, get back to Bethlehem for the census. And how can you even kind of comprehend what she was feeling? And yet she knew that this was such an incredible gift um, that she had the privilege to bring the Lord into this world. And, you know, I'm sure she would have done that with great joy, even through all the suffering and tiredness and fear as well. So we will pray for her intercession this week. And so maybe what we can do is to pray together as we do that, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So that wraps up week three of Advent, um, the Catholic Influences podcast. We yeah, really pray that going forward into this week, it can be a time of joy and preparation. Um, and please be in touch with us. I was thinking as I was preparing for this podcast, I love all the different images of Mary um, and baby Jesus. So if you've got a beautiful image of your culture, wherever your country is, that you think maybe we haven't seen in Bendigo, please send it to us uh, via email. So podcast 
at figministry.com or on our website, figministry.com forward slash podcast or even on Instagram. So Catholic influences underscore or FIG ministry, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So yeah, be in touch with us, please. Um, Subscribe, share this with your friends, anyone that you want to journey through Advent with. Um, But yeah, we love hearing from you and we love your feedback. Thank you for listening. God bless you and continue to journey throughout this Advent with joy. Bye.